gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am, of course, Mr. Warren Hayes, who is with you tonight on this edition, which is the SmackDown Live edition, the March 5th edition of SmackDown Live. I think I have, um, I think I have something special in my heart for the word edition. Feels like I... I use it a lot. I've been using it a lot recently. Ah, ah, you know, I'll grow out of it or something. Hope everyone is doing well tonight. I want to thank everyone for watching, for being here live. First and foremost, right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. We've got people, people who have decided to take some time out of their day to come and watch me talk about pro wrestling live. We've got uh, JPQ, Chris and Ashley, Robert Lashley. Uh, Robert Lashley, Robert Larry in the chat right now. And, um, and that's fantastic. Uh, and you know what? It, it, it's even more fantastic last night. I, you know, I do these recaps, right? Every Monday and Tuesday after the, the main roster shows last night, last Monday and not last Monday, last night, Monday night. God damn it. I'm warming up. I'm warming up. We, I, uh, it was a big deal last night because um n- I, not only did uh did i uh it, it, did last night's recap show be one of the most viewed uh recap shows that i have done so far but it has been the uh i i set a record where we set a record people help set a record for the most concurrent viewers on any one show that i've done so far since i've started doing the Mr. Warren Hayes show in May. And that's really, it's really something, and it's extremely touching. And uh, I, I cannot help but, um, I cannot help but feel uh, very fortunate that uh, so many people would like to uh, jump in and, 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 and think that whatever I do here, sitting around talking about, you know, scripted combat sports, you know, <laughs> Don't you worry that the absurdity of what I do <laughs> right here isn't lost on me. I just, I, I really, I, I really think that it's, um, I, I really feel uh, touched and fortunate that so many people do that. And um, man, I, I'm really, really, um, I'm really thankful. I'm really thankful for everyone who comes in live, and I'm just as thankful as everyone who who decides to watch this on their own time on demand on YouTube. Or to listen to it as well, because the audio does end up on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, whatever, it ends up there as well. And uh, that is, again, something that I'm very uh, uh, fortunate for those who do take the time to listen there at their own convenience. It's, it's a, I'm a lucky guy, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel, I feel fortunate and lucky and I, I just want to share all the love with y'all. I just want to share the love with all of you. I want to share the love with a few people more than others, but that's a, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> Tomorrow night is Wednesday. That means I do my uh, NXT, 205 Live NXT, NXT UK recap show over on FightfulSelect.com, the premium service of Fightful.com, which is a, of course... The premium, not premium, but the premier, number one combat sports 
news site run by Sean Ross Sapp and a whole bunch of other folks. Uh, they are, uh, so, so you, you get all your scoops there, but then you go over to FightfulSelect.com and then you get even more extra content. You get more podcasts, such as my own, such as Sean, who does the Fightful Weekly, such as Steven Jensen, who does the, um, the Weekender podcast where he covers everything that has, uh, he covers everything that has nothing to do with WWE. How's that for a tagline? Yeah, it's all yours, Steven. You can take it. Covering everything that has nothing to do with WWE. Uh, so, so, uh, you can check that out. We do retro reviews as well. I just taped a couple with Sean recently. There's going to be a lot more. There's going to be a lot more coming up. Uh, go check it out. $5 a month. And I do my, uh, that, that's the entry level. That's where you, that's where you get to see more Warren Hayes, right? And who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want more Warren Hayes? If you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so, but you go in there. Uh, you, you get there, and I do. I do my 205 Live NXT NXT recap show live as well. I do it live as well, so you can come join in the chat. Uh, have a good time. We like having good times. Then on Thursday, not done yet. It's a pay per view week. Fastlane is this weekend. Man, Fastlane, what a wacky, kooky build up to this pay per view. If there is, a, <laughs> if. It feels so hot-shotted, right? Am I right, chat? Doesn't Fastlane feel like like it's been put together over the past, like, six hours? <laughs> I don't understand where they're going with it. But, you know, it is such a throwaway pay-per-view heading into WrestleMania. It'll help establish the last final angles, but, I mean... Um, so, uh, so we're going to uh, go into uh, Fastlane this weekend with a prediction show right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And I will be accompanied by JPQ, also known as Big Paws on a Pup, who hosts his own podcast called No Particular Angle. JPQ is going to be joining me. We're going to be talking about the card, giving our predictions, talking about the buildup. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. John, John is a much more, he has a great brain for wrestling booking much more much more than mine uh it's fantastic he'll keep he'll keep my silliness at bay <laughs> that'll be a lot of fun i'm taping another edition another edition of the division podcast Kristen ashley's podcast over on fightful.com not the premium service they put her out for free they have to pay for me to get Kristen for free uh <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're going to be joined by Harmony Cox, who's going to um, uh, join uh, me as a, as, a, as a guest, as panelists uh, for Kristen's show, talking about women's wrestling. So that'll be out on Saturday, most likely, Fastlane this weekend. And, uh, and for those of you who still haven't checked out uh, the uh, Smart to Death YouTube, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Smart to Death. JPQ and I joined Anthony this weekend. We did a bracketology special, a bracketeering special where we talked about brackets for the New Japan Cup. And that was fun. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, we're going to be doing we're going to be doing regular updates as the as the tournament progresses. We're going to, you know, get back together, the three of us, and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, what we picked correctly, what we didn't. And then we'll readjust our 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 booking as we go along so that'll be fun 
Uh, I know John is is waiting to get at me for a couple of picks, couple a couple of picks he wasn't in agreement with. So that it'll be a good time. We're we're go that's gonna be fun. So we're gonna be doing that on Monday before Raw, if I'm not mistaken. But you can go check out the first um, the first show we did uh, on the Smart to Death YouTube channel, youtubecom slash to Death. All right. Very saddened to have heard uh, of the passing of King Kong Bundy real quick like. Um, I, um, I remember King Kong Bundy rather fondly um, when I was a kid. Um, uh, when, you know, when Hulk Hogan was running wild back then. Um, I remember King Kong Bundy mostly, f and I'm, you know, I'm, it's not, a, not anything out of the ordinary, but for the five count, right? Like he would insist when he'd beat a jobber because we'd see him every Saturday morning. Whenever he beat a jobber, he'd look over to the referee and go five. And the ref would count two more on top of the three. And as a kid, that was the most incredibly heelish thing I had ever seen at that point. And I was like, my God, this guy's a monster. And he was so believable as well. The face that he had, just the the idea that he wore, he wore nothing but a black singlet to the ring. There was nothing flashy about him. He didn't have like a red stripy mohawk or face paint or, you know, he was just like, um, he, he was just like, uh, he just looked like a mean son of a bitch and it came across perfectly. So back then, as young as I was, looked at him and he said, you know, this guy can beat Hulk Hogan. He beats everyone so, so, so hard. He can definitely beat Hulk Hogan. And then he turn, ends up being the youngest man to have a uh, uh, main event at WrestleMania. He was, here's the crazy thing. Back then, Bundy was 28 years old when he wrestled in the main event of WrestleMania 2. In the cage with Hogan. He was 28 years old. And he already looked like he was in his 40s. That's nuts. Apparently outside the ring he was a fantastic gentleman. He was a great guy. Um, uh, yeah. So he, it's quite a loss. He will be missed. Rest in peace. I have very, very fond memories of him. Uh, of, of him doing great work to get me to. N dislike him and fear him. Uh, he will be. He will be missed. He will be missed. So let's start talking about tonight's edition of SmackDown, shall we? If we're all, uh, if we're all uh, into it, into this. Oh, Kristen Ashley in the chat said talks about unlike Enzo says unlike Enzo Amore, Warren is old enough to remember him. Do Do you guys know what we're talking about? I think I should pull it up. What's it's what's his Twitter account? Real one. Earlier today, uh, NZO is what he's called now, formerly known as Enzo Amore. F oh my god. Um, did he take it down? No, he didn't. Okay, he tweeted out today. He tweeted out today a, a memorial tweet about King Kong Bundy. And he said, this is what he wrote. In case you guys didn't uh, didn't read it. 
the epitome of pro wrestling. I recall going to shows at, oh, and by the way, he used the hashtag, hashtag RIP King Kong buddy. This is the epitome of pro wrestling. I recall going to shows at MSG with my grandparents. My grandma, Rafaela, loved them and hyped them up the whole ride in. Plenty of wrestlers risked it all that night. But I never forgot the guy with the green tongue who ate the turnbuckle. <laughs> He's confusing George the Animal Steel with King Kong Bundy. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, some people did some fact-checking. King Kong Bundy and George the Animal Steel never fought at Madison Square Garden to begin with. He's so full of shit. He's so full of shit. And he'd probably be like two years old. Fuck you, Enzo. Son of a bitch. Excuse me. God, I don't like that guy. <sighs> anyway. Let's let's start talking about SmackDown, the, the go home edition of SmackDown, before heading uh, into uh, to Fastlane. What do you guys think? Is the hair to everyone watching me on on YouTube right now is the hair too long? Chat, let me know is the hair too long? Should I cut it? Yes or no? Press Y if you want me to cut my hair. Daniel Bryan kicks off the evening. He's uh, he's heading to the ring with one. Gentleman named um, uh, with one gentleman named a uh, uh, Rowan. Rowan. Uh, he uh, he. Uh, so basically, it starts off with um, it starts off with uh, Kofi. Uh, they recapping the Kofi situation that happened last week. You know where uh, Vince McMahon is basically saying uh, basically basically replacing Kofi. All that stuff. They 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 all. Um, they all replace it. Um, you know, just just for the record, John, JPQ, just because you spam Y in the chat doesn't necessarily mean that every Y counts as a vote, right? That's it's pointless. So they're basically in the uh, they're recapping the whole Kofi thing. Um, he says he uh, so Daniel Bryan says he he remained silent last week while everyone was gushing about Kofi Kingston. Uh, I love how when he mentioned Kofi, the audience started started up a Kofi chant, which is uh, which is fine because that's what you should be doing. Um, when that, that's the kind of reaction when you're a babyface you should be getting. And excuse me, I'm having issues with my microphone. Everything's okay. Don't, don't you worry, folks. I got this. <clears throat> so he basically says that... Uh, uh, you know, he, he remained silent when everyone was gushing on Kofi and uh, well, and that's it. So when everyone started chanting for Kofi's name, you know how sometimes the heels will stop and will listen to the chant from the audience. You know, he did nothing of that. He just, he continued talking straight out. He didn't even like take a moment, you know, to pause or he just continued and even raised his voice a little just to make sure that everyone understood that, you know. Uh, I don't give a shit about Kofi Kingston, folks. So everyone, so every, so uh, he he says he wants everyone to shut up, and uh, and Rowan asks people, takes the microphone and asks the people to be silent and be enlightened. Uh, Daniel Bryan says that he's not here to talk about Kofi. Kofi's a support player, and he's where he, he he's where he belongs on a promo tour of India with his New Day friends. 
He said he, uh, he should not have been replaced by a man who throws out copious amounts of pancakes by another man who eats copious amounts of pancakes. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And I found it kind of weird too. But, you know, at least they addressed it. The, Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan addressed it in their promos afterwards. But, um, you know, it's weird that they that they played up the fact that Kevin Owens, oh, he eats a lot of pancakes, you know, sort of snidely fat shaming him while he's clearly in excellent shape. Like he's trimmed down so much. Uh, I don't think... Even when he was, even working as Kevin Steen, I don't think he's looked so light. So I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Uh, so it, yeah, it's kind of weird to have brought that up. Uh, Daniel Bryan talks about uh, Kevin Owens being just like you, you people, of course. He looks like you, has no original thoughts. He's a nobody and that's what makes him dangerous. He's somebody with nothing to lose. And he says, I have something to lose. I am the planet's champion. And then Kevin Owens then comes out. His music hits and he comes out just as Daniel Bryan starts talking about being a martyr again. You'll never get that point across. I think it's funny. The, he, he tries. He tries to put, the, uh, to put across the point that he's a martyr, but it doesn't work. Um, Kevin Owens comes out and he says that, uh, you know, he stepped back for, four, for five months and, uh, you know, became a member of the WWE Universe. He wa- he'd watch Raw with his family uh, every Monday night and SmackDown. And as great as that time off with his family was, it was hard to see other people do what he uh, what he likes to do. Except for you, Daniel. When you were here, it, was, it wasn't hard to watch you. It was awful. And he took offense to uh, Daniel Bryan throwing the WWE Championship into the trash. And that gave him the motivation to come back and knew what he was going to go for. And he said, you deserve to get your stupid condescending mouth shut and I'm the one who's going to do it. Daniel Bryan retorts with, it's not my mouth you should be worried about with all the garbage you stuffed down your throat. And that's where, that's where Kevin Owens is like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, we're, go- you're, we're, we're going down this path, right? You're supposed to be this enlightened, uh, this enlightened, brilliant individual. But uh, instead, you know, you're, you're the educated Daniel Bryan and you're, and you're making fat jokes. This is where we're going. This is where we're going. And then, he makes a comment about taking baby carrots and sticking him, sticking him up his ass. Uh, and Daniel Bryan calls him on on it, saying, well, talk, you're talking lowbrow. How lowbrow was that? And uh, eventually, KO just hits the ring. Um, he says he's, he, that he's going to... Uh, nice little comment here. Little, you know, I like these little continuity issues, situations, where Daniel Bryan... Um, not Daniel Bryan, where Kevin Owens says, you know... You know, actually, Daniel Bryan points out the fact, sorry, excuse me, actually points out the fact to, to Kevin Owens that he has no more friends, right? Which is true. You know, he's, uh, Kevin Owens is a bridge burner, although we know it's not exactly true. He's still friends with Sammy. We, we, we know that. But let, let's humor the moment here. Uh, and and Kale was like, yep, yep, and this is on me. I have, I, I have no more friends, no more backup, but... That's entirely on me, and uh, and and I like that. So um, so basically, Ko hits the ring, uh, and um, he, uh, Rowan stands uh, stands before him, separating, uh, putting himself between Ko and uh, Daniel Bryan, and, and they start fighting. Um, 
uh, and they start fighting. He tosses Kevin Owens tosses Rowan uh, outside the ring. Um, he goes after Daniel Bryan. Uh, actually, goes for a stunner on Daniel Bryan, but Rowan runs back in and gets him into a skull slam, which um, which. Sean Sean Ross Sapp over on on Fightful on his Twitter he says let's name this he tweeted that out he says let's find a name for for uh, for Rowan's um, <clears throat> for Rowan's uh, skull slam move and one one person on his uh, on, uh, one person replied on his Twitter decided to call it and I like this decided to call it global palming and I think that should be it like I don't think there is a better uh, chat, feel free to jump in and, uh, and <laughs> contribute. But global palming? Are you kidding me? That's so good. So that's how the segment came to an end. N- neat little segment to... Uh, excuse me. Nice little segment to, uh, to start off the show. Um, and you know what? If they're going to go with, uh, with Kevin Owens as a babyface like this, it... Uh, look... It works fine. It looks. It works fantastically, to be perfectly honest. But the one thing that I find really weird is why would Vince McMahon then decide to insert Kevin Owens into this match if he's not going to be a heel? Like, why would you... Why, if Vince McMahon is the bad guy here and he takes out the... Pr- the 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 prime baby face out of the match why put in another baby face then why isn't kevin doing his bidding why isn't kevin owens just being a son of a bitch so i see and please don't say wwe logic all right it's not an excuse i i hate that excuse i don't like my it, i don't like my intelligence being insulted i just need to understand but you know, and uh, I could be, I could remain hopeful that eventually down the line we'll find out why Vince McMahon did this, but we won't. We won't. Um. So yeah. So uh, fun, fun opening segment here. Uh, again, showing us that Kevin Owens is a legend. The way he handles his promos, he is. And, and incredible. He is fantastic. And you put him up there with another promo god like Daniel Bryan, and you can only get magic like this. You can only you can only get magic. Uh Brian Payne, hello Brian, by the way. It says Kevin Owens is a lone wolf. Don't use the lone wolf thing. <laughs> that's that's what they gave Baron Corbin and uh and look at uh look at what happened to him. Uh, Kristen Ashley has a suggestion for um, for Rowan's uh, Iron Claw move. She calls it the Kool-Aid Claw because they're a cult. That's pretty good. JPQ likes global palming. Uh, and uh, Jay King says, w- this is WWE, nothing makes sense because reason says CM Phil. I know, but I, I'll be damned if I don't try to make some kind of, if, if I don't try to, Make some sense of what goes on in WWE. I'll be damned if I do. <laughs> That's okay, Brian. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Uh, the Usos versus... Uh, not the Usos, but the Usos come to the ring and cut a 
one of their uh, classic fantastic promos. I like these promos where they uh I I love a new soul promo where where you have the impression that they've forgotten to to breathe. This was fantastic. They're so good at what they do. They have a it, it's a, a very very funny promo where they say they're done with the bromance uh between Shane and Miz. Uh, you know, Ola, I get to have coffee dates with my dad. Uh, I I have to get to say things like bestie. And they take offense to uh, Shane McMahon's shoe game, but then they eventually come to grips with the fact that Shane McMahon's shoe game is just on point. It's an, an it's another fantastic promo. Shane and Miz then come to the ring, uh, and um, Miz uh, they cut a promo. Miz says. When it's his turn to do the promo, he says that it, it, this is it, this is my hometown. It will be Fastlane will be in my hometown. I'm going to make Shane proud. I'm going to make my dad proud. We're going to win back the titles. Now, if this is not it, with those very words right there, if this is not telegraphing the ending of this match against the Usos and leading directly in to their to a a Miz versus Shane McMahon match at WrestleMania. I don't think we're paying attention or they're really ready. They're revving up to, uh, to swerve us hard because that's exactly what Miz said, you know, um, you know, that he's, he's, you know, at, um, what was the last pay-per-view elimination chamber? God damn it. That's what he said at Elimination Chamber. He says, I'm setting up to win this match for my unborn daughter, for my dad, for my family. And he lost, right? Uh, so that's already a bit of shame on him. Then he's going in here and he's saying, you know, I'm going to win in front of my hometown crowd. I'm going to win in front of my dad. I'm going to make you proud, Shane. So of course, of course they're losing. And Miz is going to turn on Shane because... He's going to feel like Shane is is not helping. That he's, uh, you know, Miz is doing promising all these things, and he just can't uh, he just can't live up to his expectations, and it's all Shane's fault. So they're setting this up pretty clearly in in your boy's humble opinion here. Um, it's, it's, yeah, everything is everything is clearly set up here. What I also liked in this promo here, and, you know, this is what ultimately ended up being the story of the match. Miz basically says here that uh, he, um, Miz says here, you know, you know, Usos, if you take your eyes off of me for a second and you underestimate me, I'm going to exploit you. And I'm going to win this match. And that's exactly what happened in, in the in the in the fight right here. Uh, when he uh, Miz took on uh, 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 Jay Uso, the Usos actually try to blindside uh, Shane and Miz, but they can't. And when we come back from commercial, Jay Uso is in control. Double, uh, however, Miz fights back. Uh, he goes for some double knees in the corner. Miz does it twice, goes for the third time, and it's reversed into a backslide by Jay, who covers Miz, but only gets two. DDT by Miz follows up. He go he goes for a cover as well, only gets two. A skull-crushing finale, finale is avoided, and Miz runs into a Samoan drop. Jey Uso goes up top for the Uso splash, but it's met with feet. Miz puts up his feet, but Jay blocks it. Um, 
He uh, instead covers Miz, and Jimmy then tries to help Jay out with the pin attempt, but Miz is able to kick out nonetheless. However, Shane takes offense to uh, Jimmy Uso getting involved, and he takes him out on the outside, and that distrays Jay, distracts, excuse me, Jay long enough to eat a skull-crushing finale for the win. So just like Miz said, you know, you you take your time, you take you take your eyes off the game, and I will take control. You're going to lose, and that's exactly what happened here. So we'll see what happens this Sunday. But I swear to God, folks, there's the Usos are not losing these titles, not not this weekend, and we're getting we're getting Shane versus Miz at WrestleMania. This is done. Think about all the the promos that they had uh, since what December now that they started talking about this and teasing this, all the promos they had, all the the sentimental moments that they'll be able to create a perfect video package recapping the entire story, a video package where we'll be like, oh, they were such good friends. Miz is such a dick, you know, kind of thing. Because, yeah, you know, face Miz is something, but I, I miss, I miss heel Miz. What are we talking about? Uh, what are we talking about, chat here? CM Phil says the Usos are amazing. Keep the belts on them as long as possible. And Jay King agrees. The Usos epitomize tag team wrestling, at least in WWE. Um, Jamie says uh, Miz is the king of soft style. There's no way he's wrestling a hardcore match because Jay is, at, is saying that they should do a, a uh, hardcore match to sort of disguise the fact that um, uh, that uh, this might be a bad match. The Usos and uh, Miz and Shane, but it won't be a bad match. It won't be a bad match. The Usos are too good. And they're able to work with um, Miz and Shane's strengths. Miz is, Miz is a good wrestler. He's a solid hand. Don't anyone ever tell you the opposite. Uh, and Shane does what he has to do. He just does what he has to do. Just don't let him throw too many punches because one they look bad and two he can't control himself he's a little stiff with those punches if you know what I mean <laughs> Kayla is backstage with uh with Charlotte Charlotte says is it just me or is Smackdown missing the presence of Becky Lynch hobbling around in a crutch getting beaten up by Ronda Rousey and she invites her over she invites Becky over to have a friendly discussion between best friends no one ever invites Ronda to SmackDown Live. Next, we have the R-Truth Open Challenge. That's what we have next on the docket. Um, and he he's in the ring with Carmella. He says, I want to be just like my childhood hero, John Cena. And he's still going with this. And man, ugh, I think it's the funniest shit. Because it's the way he delivers it. He delivers it with such sincerity. He believes it. And he says, how, how did John do this every single week? I, I did it one week and I'm already tired. <laughs> Carmela says, well, you know, like your hero, John Cena said, you can, you can never give up. <laughs> but our truth replies to that. He says, he also said, you can't see me, right? And at this point, I'm thinking, man, are we building up to a... United States title match at WrestleMania where R-Truth fights his, fights his hero 
his childhood hero, John Cena. That would have been fantastic, but no, we're going another, we're going in another direction. We're going in another direction tonight as far as the U.S. title goes, folks. After a seven-second dance uh, dance break, the challenge is open, and Lacey Evans comes out, and she goes back out, <laughs> and, and of <and laughs> truth says, calls out to her. He says, "Come back, Mrs. Sexy Gloves." <laughs> you know, it's actually much better than the sassy Southern Belle. The sassy Southern Belle. Like, could you be any more explicit, Mrs. Sexy Gloves? At least has some kind of has an air of mystery about it. So, uh, Lacey Evans goes to the back. Then, instead of her coming back out or whoever, out comes Samoa Joe, followed by Rey Mysterio. And if that wasn't enough, Andrade Cien Almas comes out, and it's a fatal four-way. And R-Truth is, uh, well, to say he's in a panic is an understatement. I was going to say understudy, but that's not, was, there wasn't an understudy, a panic understudy. When we come back from commercial, uh, Joe is just strolling away from a springboard body press from Mysterio. Mysterio jumps up and Joe just like turns around and just casually, not even walks. He just strolls away and Mysterio eats the mat. Um, Joe tosses Andrade and R-Truth out of the ring like he is dominating early on he's in complete control and you, you know sometimes sometimes you just have to lay you just have to leave others be in complete control because it helps out it, it you know if it can get you to a certain place you need to be you just have to let yourself be dominated is what i'm saying uh he tosses andrade i said that um, he uh, grabs Mysterio, slams him down, big elbow drop follows, covers him, but only gets two. Um, Mysterio rolls out to the outside, but Joe, of course, follows. Joe drives Truth into a barricade, then goes after Mysterio again, chops Almas down. Almas fights back with a chop, but Joe is having none of it. He just smacks him right down. Um, back, uh, back inside the ring, he has Almas inside the ring with him. Gets some elbows to the side of the face, some straight punches, a hell a headbutt, and almost goes down. Joe goes after Rey Mysterio um, with some knees to the abdomen as Rey tries to get back into the ring. But Almas fights back with some strikes, and it's Samoa Joe who eats the back elbow. That beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Almas back elbow. Joe's in the corner and avoids the flying the flying knee by Almas, who falls to the outside. Uh, who falls to the outside, and Joe runs and dives onto Almas to the outside. Joe just, I mean, that has got to be one of the scariest, most frightening sights you as a pro wrestler can ever see in your life when you are on the floor outside the ring and Samoa Joe is flying towards you with all his might with all the momentum of his speed carrying him forward, coming at you. My God. 
He gets right back up and he tosses Mysterio into the post. He lifts Mysterio like into a powerbomb position as if he's going to ram him into the, the barricade. But drop he gets drop kicked. He being Samoa Joe gets drop kicked by Truth to the back. So Joe hits the barricade and dumps Mysterio over the barricade into the audience. Rey Mysterio, at his this point in his career, folks, does not need to be taking these types of bumps. And yet there he is doing it. You got you absolutely how to how to respect that. You definitely have to respect that. Back from commercial, uh, Almas is hitting the uh, the three amigos rolling German suplexes on uh, Mysterio. He goes up top, and there's a, he's mocking Eddie Guerrero, uh, still uh, tr- getting trying to get under Rey Mysterio's skin. Uh, Mysterio crotches Almas on the top rope and does the Eddie swagger himself to a nice reaction from the crowd. Top note: top rope shenanigans ensue, and. Um, and Truth gets Almas into a, 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 a an electric chair position on his shoulders, basically. And he he gets, uh, but Almas rolls Truth up just as Rey Mysterio springboard body drops off the top rope onto Samoa Joe. The timing on this was fantastic. So uh, so basically, uh, Truth kicks out of uh, ba- uh, Truth. Uh, kicks out of the roll-up here. Truth tries to sting or splash Joe in the corner, but instead instead eats a urinagi. Almas with a gorgeous, gorgeous springboard dropkick on Joe that had all the velocity in the world. Man, I love, I love Almas's Andrade's. <laughs> Offense so much. It is so good. Mysterio goes for the seated senton, but Almas catches him and power bombs him instead. Goes up top, does the moonsault into a standing moonsault. We hadn't seen that in a while. Onto Ray, but Joe breaks up the pin before the ref can actually get a count in. Truth gets some offense in. He stinger splashes Joe in the corner. Spinning shoulder tackle on Ray. Spine buster on Joe. Side slams Ray on Joe. Does the five knuckle shuffle. On both guys who are lying next to each other, but actually hits Joe and Corey Graves is like, why did he do that? He just, he still just hit Joe, <laughs> but he did cover Joe, but only gets two. Uh, Joe avoids the scissor kick and Kakina clutches our truth, but he's close to the ropes. He's too close to the ropes. It allows uh, Rey Mysterio to hit a 619, but truth rolls Mysterio up almost for the win. Almost like what happened last week, right? Andrade then drop kicks Truth to the floor. Uh, and Ray does his boogie board dive onto Truth, who was flat on his back. And that was really cool. That's got to be a, as far as momentum you need to carry to land it, that's got to be a, it's got to be a hard move to, to, to land here. Um, then Mysterio gets back, uh, gets back on the, onto the apron and God damn it, God damn it. <laughs> Almas hits a, does a sunset flip power bomb to Mysterio who hits the floor. Again, there is no reason why Ray Mysterio should be hitting these bombs. 
Then what happens after this? Zelina Vega, Hurricane Rana's truth. She flies off the apron and takes him down. Then what happens? Carmella super kicks Zelina. Then inside, Ray hits a Canadian destroyer. The 619 on Alma is followed by a frog splash. But he can't get the job done. Joe comes in with a senton, a urinagi on Almas, and he pins him and wins the U.S. title. Fucking hell. This last third of this match was wild. This whole match was a lot of fun, but the last third, oh my God. And Samoa Joe... Samoa Joe wins his first main roster title since his call-up from NXT. In fact, Samoa Joe has not held a title in WWE since 2016, where he was NXT champion. Then lost it. He had a back and forth that year. Uh, back and forth. Uh, he had a back and forth last year with... Um, uh, with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Wow! The last time he won it was at TakeOver Toronto in 2016. Then he lost it a couple of weeks later. And Joe, Joe has either been a, con has been a contender and has fought for every singles title, every main singles title in WWE. The US title, the IC title, the uh, Universal title, and the WWE title. He's been a contender for all of them. And he has not won a single match. He's challenged Brock Lesnar. He's challenged Roman Reigns. He's challenged AJ Styles. Jeff Hardy. It's crazy. I am so, so glad. I am so glad about this. Because... Anyone who's watched the show knows, and I've said this a bazillion times, that Samoa Joe at some point needs to win the big one. He needs to be put over as, as a true monster if you want to believe that he is a monster. And that promo that he cut after, Joe is a beast on his promos. But no, you know, he's talking about, you know, uh, uh, he being in control, you know, uh, you know, giving nightmares to everyone on the uh, SmackDown Live roster. And you believe it. You believe it because he beat three other guys and he beat it. He beat them clean. No shenanigans, no chicanery, no uh, awkward ref counts, no chairs. He beat almost clean. He just went in there and whooped some dudes. I am so happy. And I hope this is an indication of great things to come because this uh, this made my night. It just elevated my mood. I was already in a good mood. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not saying that it was in a crummy mood. I'm not, these days, I got to tell you, folks, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good place. But it just, it just, just made it eat just a little more special. It's like, Finally, geez. And I don't know if you're like me, but unexpected title switches like this on SmackDowns and Raws, I, I, I love it. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I, I'm really, really a sucker for that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see here. 
Jay, uh, so let's see. Jay King says, um, oh, well, okay. Jamie, first and foremost, says, they robbed me of my R-Truth versus Cena WrestleMania US title open challenge dream match tonight. Yeah, me too. I, yes. It would have been, you know, as far as a moment, a WrestleMania moment, what would you prefer? What would you prefer? Do you prefer Braun Strowman beating up a an SNL celebrity? Or do you prefer R-Truth, 47-year-old R-Truth, who's had a long career in wrestling, Who's worked in all in all the he's been in he worked WCW if I'm not mistaken WCW Impact or TNA WC uh, WWF E God damn it too many letters I'm getting confused give him his his WrestleMania moment you know if he if he can't uh, if he can't challenge for like the world title or anything just give him a moment with John Cena little something light, you know, just to cleanse the palate after a match. You, a good excuse to get John Cena on the card. doesn't have to be a, a, the question. We're not here for the match. We're here for the moment kind of thing. What would you prefer between that and wrestlers beating up celebrities? I would much prefer that. Um, Jay King says, I, only, I honestly thought Joe was put in there to take the pin. Uh, and it was a fantastic match. Um, Robert uh, Robert Larry says uh, uh, says the WWE Championship will main event a pay per view two months in a row. Is they, uh, did, uh, did they do that call? Is that is that what it's going to be? I kind of have a feeling it's going to be the women that are going to main event uh, Fastlane. There's no other really compelling story to tell. And oh well, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too much into it. I want you guys to come and watch my, my prediction show. Kristen says, Watching Warren talk about the match is more entertaining than the actual match sometimes, so I needed. Well, this was a great match. This is wasn't hard to be uh, to be excited about it. It was a great match to begin with. Um, Brian Penn, Payne says, Samoa Joe had a great match tonight, and he did. Uh, and, um, and CM Phil... Says that promo afterwards was pure gold. He needs to be WWE or Universal Champion eventually. He should have been it by now. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm. All right. And we see a couple of vignettes uh, follow. We see Becky Lynch arriving. We see the New Day that are in India. They're doing a selfie thing. Uh, and they say that they are going to be at Fastlane. So, you know... You know the Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan thing is going to be messy, messy, messy. And uh, and then we get that fire, 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 fire Joe promo. Next we get Aleister Black and Ricochet versus The Bar. The Bar cut a promo before the match, but it doesn't matter. Sheamus <laughs> and Ricochet start off. Ricochet goes uh, for some strikes uh, and it ends with a head scissors on uh, Sheamus, a drop kick. Standing shooting star press covers the Irishman, but only gets two. Um, Sheamus gets put on the top rope, uh, but uh, he fights out of it. Uh, Ricochet, uh, Cesaro distracts Ricochet, and it allows uh, the bar to get back in control. Back from commercial, Cesaro has Ricochet grounded, but, but... Rick fights uh, fights back and hits a DDT on Cesaro. 
He's back with some strikes. He sweeps Sheamus down. Uh, Black comes in, sorry, then with some strike uh, with some strikes. Sweeps Sheamus down. Basement kick follows. Beautiful lion salt by Alistair. I swear his lion salts, since he's been up on main, uh, they have a little extra grace to them. They're gorgeous. Running knee to Sheamus's face, covers, but Cesaro breaks the pin up. Backbreaker over the knee with Cesaro doing the diving knee on uh, on Black um, uh, happens, but uh, that's still not enough to put uh, to put Ricochet and Black away. Um, uh, at some point, uh, Black uh, body drops Cesaro, who lands on his feet, and he's very satisfied with himself. He has a big grin. He turns around and eats a black mass. Then Alistair Black Topicon helos onto Sheamus, who's on the outside. Ricochet goes up to the top rope, hits the 630 on Cesaro for the win. And after the match, they get attacked by Rusev and Nakamura, who they had defeated last week. And then the bar go after them as well. And that brings out the Hardy Boys. And there's bodies flying everywhere at this point. Fantastic ending. Like, uh, you know, uh, the, with the baby faces just getting rid of the heels. It was a great ending. I loved it. I love how, uh, how this is established. Now, I'm going to tell you guys this again. I'm... If you're going to have your tag teams do tag team stuff, you have your tag teams do tag team stuff. Stop putting singles people together and then say, well, they're a tag team now. Especially when you have the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the Good Brothers, the club, and Sanity. We're just backstage doing fuck all. That's one thing. So, you know, Rusev and Nakamura, I get it. You... you, you this is the typical WWE thing, right? It's like, well, we don't know what to do with them. We don't have anything creatively uh, for their singles, so let's just toss them as a team, and at least, at least they'll be doing something, which is, which is, good thinking to a certain extent, right? I don't know what you guys in the chat think about uh, about singles guys or girls at this point uh, being thrown together in tag teams, but I mean, at some point. You do have tag team experts. Why don't you use your tag teams, the, the people that you've built into this position? Why don't you use them? But then again, I am thrilled with how they're handling Ricochet and Aleister Black. Because ask Authors of Pain, ask Sanity, ask EC3. Uh, you can even make an argument for Lacey Evans. Ask how they're being handled since their call-up. Pretty sure, you know, sure, you know, I'd love to get the singles matches. I'd love to get Ricochet versus uh, Finn Balor or Aleister Black versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Just let them go at it, you know? Or Aleister versus Samoa Joe, are you kidding me? But, you know... If if this, I'm pretty sure that if you're if you're Alistair and Ricochet right now, and you look at how the other NXT call-ups are being handled, you're 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 pretty much like, yeah, you know what, this is fine, because because they've been on both brands 
beating the top tag teams of both brands. They beat the bar. Former ch former champions on both Raw and NXT, uh, uh, SmackDown Live. They beat the Revival again this week. Well, they didn't beat them, but you know what I mean. They beat them last week. And they have a match this week and they... Def I mean, at some point... Like, it's hard to find ultimate fault here because, and this is just pref per, uh, personal preference here. What do I prefer? Do I prefer to have Aleister Black and Ricochet, two amazing talents? I'm a big, huge Aleister Black fan. Do I prefer them to be used in a tag team for now and have them be have them establish themselves as the amazing superstars that we know they are? Or would I just prefer them to to them for them to go the singles route and just let them be lost in the shuffle like all the others are? I mean, at this you know it for me it's uh, for me right now it's not a uh, it's it's not hard to figure out what I prefer. Much prefer having these two guys in as a tag team. Courtney Summers, how you doing? Welcome to welcome to the chat, to the show. Uh, Jay King says I like Black and Ricochet, but I feel they're being overexposed a little too much. Yeah, but at the same time, you know they're getting good pops, they're getting good reactions from the audience. People are, you know, there. We'll see what happens going after Fastlane. You know, you feel that they, you know, I think they're doing. They're, they're booking them properly. They want to make them look strong. They want to give us new stars, new strong stars. Well, this is what you have to do. Um, Jamie says, why call them up if you don't have singles angles ready for them? Throwing them together in a team for no reason doesn't make any sense. Well, I just kind of walked through that opinion there. But I understand. I understand how you can be like, well, why call them up in the first place? But at least they're doing something with them. Because if you ask EC3 right now, I'm pretty sure EC3 is like, hey, hey, who wants to be in a tag team with me? Uh, let's do the tag team to think uh, you and I come on I'm pretty sure that one way or the other and they are in an angle they are doing angles right now so it's fantastic so there we go next we have Naomi squaring off against Mandy Rose in a squishity squashity squish match Where basically Sonya Deville distracts Naomi and that allows Mandy Rose to hit a pump knee and the double underhook face buster for the win. Then after the match, as they're going back up, they being Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville as they're heading back up, um, they get attacked by Asuka, who goes after the Deville to begin with. Smart move. And takes her out by throwing into the LED screens. But she does the same thing to Mandy Rose as well. Man, I hope everyone is really excited for their fast lane match. I hope this squash match got you really, really pumped. Like, why didn't they just get a jobber? Just call in some local talent. Why did it have to? Why did it have to be Naomi? I don't. I don't understand. I get the ideas. Look, I get the basic idea of it. It's like, well, you put her in a match with Naomi, and she wins. She's gonna look strong. But, uh, I mean, this is no good for Naomi. It's no good for Mandy. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't really serve Mandy because it's not even, 
There's nothing competitive about it. You know, one thing that I like a lot about NXT, which I cover weekly for FightfulSelect.com, go there, $5 a month is your entry level. You can watch my podcast where I talk about NXT. Um, when 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 we're talking about um, when we're talking about NXT and their enha- their enhancement matches that they do, the enhancement talent actually gets a lot of licks in because typically the enhancement talent is part of developmental there, so they want him to have or her to have a bit of a showcase as well. So then, when the talent that you want to put over actually gets the upper hand then it you know you're like oh okay this is actually interesting we had a good we had a match was competitive and he or she had to fight to get back on top it's still a squash match but it's not but it's not a squash match it's it's not a squash match it's a it's a showcase and it to me it it serves its purpose much better than this where Mandy just does a couple of things and and Naomi takes the pin and like no one really it doesn't really help anyone it's just really lame it's just really lame then we have AJ Styles backstage who uh, is talking about the WWE championship match he says that what happened to uh, Kofi last week was a travesty and then Randy Orton appears again next to him. I swear, I swear, like, like, how do you not feel a guy the size of Randy Orton, like, crawling up next to you? I swear, Randy still has powers from his uh, time with the Wyatt family. He still can teleport. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Styles is back backstage, and Orton uh, sort of appears like the camera moves out, and Orton is suddenly there. And Orton tells AJ, are you saying that you want someone else to go for the WWE title than you? This is no wonder it took you 15 years to get here. Our final match of the evening is Rowan versus Kevin Owens. And again, match. Wait a minute. I, I'm sorry. I just looked in the chat here. I'm, I'm going to uh, just looked in the chat. You, you know how YouTube does filters, right? If it, it holds on to certain messages, you know, that it deems inappropriate. And Courtney and the Courtney says very innocently, he slither, he slithers like a viper. And that was held for moderation. What's wrong, YouTube? There's nothing wrong with that. I don't get, I, I, I don't get these automated things sometimes. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So this match, and I'm doing air quotes for those of you who are listening via podcasting methods, um, happens when, uh, da- well, first of all, Daniel Bryan is on commentary, joins, uh, joins the boys uh, down at the table. Uh, Rowan takes uh, takes Kevin Owens down with some clubbing forearms and a big boot. Avalanche's KO in the corner, drop kicks him, which is still impressive to see a guy, Owen uh, Rowan's size, do drop kicks. And KO goes to the outside. He rolls to the outside, where Daniel Bryan is basically calling him a coward, a lazy coward. And KO has enough and goes after him. 
But Rowan gets back out and he runs him into the steel steps and then hits a flying cross body onto Kevin Owens onto the floor. And then Daniel Bryan is pissed and he just goes straight after Kevin Owens with some straight punches and forces the disqualification. And then the heels start to beat down on Kale. He gets body slammed to the floor. The crowd is chanting for Sammy at this point, which if you're Sammy Zayn at home listening to this, and especially if you guys have listened to the uh, to the edition of the Jericho podcast where Sammy Zayn was on, excuse me, where the um, where the uh, where Sammy Zayn was on the Jericho podcast and talking about you know where he was. Me- where he is mentally now. Um, this has to this has to feel good. You have to be like, wow, okay, this is this is really something here. Um, so so basically, the crowd is, is chanting for Sammy, but instead we get Mustafa Ali who comes out, and Ali dives on Rowan, uh, who who grabs him for the uh, for the skull slam again. What do we call it? The uh, the global palming. That's what we're going to call it on our end of the internet today, starting today. The global palming. Uh, he goes for the skull, for the global palming on the table again, which is kayfabe what took Mustafa Ali out because that's what commentary is, pu- is putting over is that Ali is going after Rowan because Rowan was responsible for his injuries, which wasn't the case. But storyline-wise, this is why Ali is getting involved. Uh, and, um, but, uh, but instead of going through the table, uh, Ali uh, stands up on his feet and Rana's Rowan into the ring post. Um, he goes after Rowan then, uh, who pushes him off and, uh, instead eats a flying knee by Daniel Bryan, who, uh, flies off the, uh, the apron and brings uh, him into um, brings Ali into the ring, but Daniel Bryan it eats a KO stunner again. And yeah, the baby face is standing tall in the ring, so it's good to see Mustafa Ali being cleared for action. You know, I kind of still hope. Like I, I get what they're doing with this angle here. We'll see how long it, it takes. But if we get. But, you know they 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 were establishing Ali and Samoa Joe to be a to be a story, right? Man, if they set up Mustafa Ali versus Samoa Joe at WrestleMania, and then perhaps our boy Ali getting the title, I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. Then we end the segment again. Two nights in a row, we finish with the women. Don't you dare wonder or ask yourself what is the hottest thing going around in WWE right now, and it's the ladies. I swear I'm not going on a 17-minute rant tonight. Um, but uh, basically, this the segment begins as they recap the events from last night where Ronda basically uh, spewed out some some clever some clever words which she turned into some terrible t-shirt designs today uh she says she wants uh, charlotte comes to the ring she says she wants the friendly discussion with becky man charlotte flair's 
heel grin is the greatest thing in the world. You know, as much as as much as she was fine as a baby face, like she can do both. She is just so much better as a heel. She is just so much better as a heel. It's ridiculous. Um, so Becky eventually, of course, gets to the ring after, you know, uh, after Charlotte leads the audience into a Becky chant. She says uh, she doesn't. Mi- so Becky gets to the ring and she says she doesn't mind if her body hurts, if it means staying in your head, Charlotte, or in Rhonda's weird little head. <laughs> she says she's still fighting and ready to fight again. Um, and she says uh, damaged people are the most dangerous because they have nothing left to lose. And Charlotte just goes right after her. So much for that discussion. Charlotte takes her down. She swats her with her jacket a couple of times. She goes after the hurt, the hurt knee. Gets in a couple of stiff-looking uh, crutch uh, chops as well. And Charlotte eventually tries to get her into a figure eight, but Becky reverses into the disarmer. I don't know if that bodes well for Becky this uh, this Sunday as far as victory goes. Because, you know, sometimes... Sometimes, you know, WWE booking... Whoever stands tall at the go-home show usually loses at the pay-per-view. It's not always the case, but it happens more often than not. So we'll see. But this is how it ended. You know, I can't help. Can't help but find it a little bit strange. And I know a lot of you have probably thought the same thing because you are all brilliant, smart people since you come and hang out at the Mr. Warren Hayes show. immediately, instantaneously, I say to myself, by God, what a bunch of smart folks. I cannot help but, but, but think how strange it is that your, your two top women of the SmackDown live division are fighting for the Raw Women's Championship. It's weird, isn't it? But this is how they, I mean, this is how the raw, this is how the raw side has been booked, i.e. terribly. With Ronda basically running through the entire, all of the opposition the entire year while failing to develop beneath, uh, beneath the title, failing to develop proper, legitimate competition. And it wouldn't have been hard to take the time to create proper, legitimate competition for Ronda once she's done with Nia Jax. She had to fight Nia Jax twice. She had to add two feuds with Nia Jax. That's how thin the roster was on Raw. But how do you find yourself in a position where you're like, we don't know who to feed Ronda anymore when you have Sasha Banks, when you have Bailey, and for a time before she got injured where you had Ember Moon, which you could have easily elevated as well into a, into a, into that position cuz Ember has been a shining star on the on the raw roster ever since her ever since her call up um it's just really strange to me that you end that you have two of WWE's biggest women stars in Bailey and Sasha and you didn't take the time to properly build them into 
threats for Ronda. Then you get into you, you get around to what was it Royal Rumble that she faced Sasha? And it's like, oh well, you know, Sasha's this former champion, remember? Yeah, she's in the tag team thing, but remember, she's a she's a champ, she's a singles champ. Don't forget that. And then she gets fed as well. You're just feeding your whole entire division to this one woman, and it, you 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 end up you end up with a barren wasteland. And you know, who who's next? So you didn't have much of a choice to go over to SmackDown, where you have legitimately built two fantastic talents, two credible credible top tier women in Becky and Charlotte despite the fact that you didn't exactly want it to go this way, you wanted Charlotte to stay the, the, the face and Becky to be the, the heel. Regardless, that's what you still managed to do. Plus, you had Asuka, who, for some magic reason, you can still pull out and people will say, yeah, yeah, she's a, she's a threat. Despite how shittily you've been booking her. It's just, it's just strange that at this point, you know, your top three women are fighting for one title and then you have another title, which is the SmackDown one. I was like, eh. So, are we, are we talking about, are we talking about unification then? Is there really a reason to have uh, separate women's divisions on the brands now? I know a lot of people have been, you know, fan fantasy booking about <clears throat> ultimately bringing the um, the SmackDown and Raw titles back together and have one floating women's title. And why not? That's this is essentially what's been going on now. This is essentially what's been happening. The SmackDown Live title is an afterthought, and everyone's talking about the Raw title. Ronda and Becky and Charlotte; those are your top three women. No argument there. The women's tag titles are floating. Floating through all three brands. Just throwing that out there. Like I said, I don't want to get into another 17-minute rant. Um, Jamie says in the chat here, they basically confirmed that Becky is a raw star now. Otherwise, why would she need to be invited to her own brand? That's true. Um, I wonder if, let's go take a look here, just real quick before we, uh, just to, to close out the show here, I'm just going to go to the, go to, go to WWE.com, we're going to take a look at the superstars, and we're going to see, is, is Becky still listed? Because I, I, that's a good point, because I did find it strange, it's like, why is Charlotte inviting Becky to SmackDown? Because, uh, because that's, that's where she is, right? That's her. Becky is on is a part of that roster as well. At least she's supposed to be. Let me see here. We got superstars. Mm, let me just check it out real quick. Where is Becky? There she is. And Be see, she's listed as being on SmackDown Live. It was it was weird. Maybe it was just Charlotte being a bitch. You know, just being condescending and facetious 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 um courtney says i forget about the sd title sometimes because these days uh these days because 
they show they show it so little, and that is that's true. And Oscar along with it, which is a shame. CM Phil says, I think there is, uh, I think there is, because there are too many women on both rosters to have them uh, all fight for one title. But then again, it's like, what's the point on having all the women fight? For, what's the point of having two titles? Because I understand what you mean, Phil, and it's a legitimate uh, thought. Um, but why would you have... Why would there be one? Why would there be two titles if your second title is essentially an afterthought at this point, where you're like, well, we're putting all the focus over here, and we're getting all all the top women stars excited about this one, whereas this one, you know, sort of feels like a secondhand title, or just go with one division and have a main title and a secondary title, maybe? I don't know. Jamie says, if you combine the divisions, you'd have a strong upper card and enough to pad out a tag division with the rest. I agree. I agree with that assessment. Well, folks, that's how we're going to wrap up today's edition of the show. I like this uh, this episode of, of SmackDown. Was, there was a, one fantastic match on it. Lots of angle shenanigans leading into Fastlane, which is going to be a weird card, I think. But if you want to hear more about how weird I feel this card is going to be, please do come join me and JPQ from No Particular Angle this Thursday. We're going to be doing our live prediction show this Thursday in the evening. I think it's 9 p.m. Check me out on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely tweet out all the details so that you 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 know exactly when to show up. If you're watching me right here. Uh, on uh, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, do consider a subscription. That's nice. That's a fun thing. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, well, consider a subscription there, a follow, uh, give us a review. That's a fantastic way to support the show and one which I really appreciate. And I do appreciate everyone showing up in the chat tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for making this a, a, another fantastic evening. And uh, I can't, uh, I can't tell you that uh, I love you unless I tell you. Bye. Thank you for coming. <laughs> See you.